Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. In today's episode, I begin by giving you guys my weekly update on nutrition hacks. Then we unpacked both of our experiences with psilocybin mushrooms from a therapeutic perspective. We also dove into how we can all keep our balance as we navigate the grief that is currently moving throughout our collective. So taking a deep breath with us... And press play. Pretty mental family. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. We are joining forces to... I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But not really. Don't you know I'm a singer? Fantastic one at that. I'm really not. So let's jump in with Valentina's nutritional weekly... A little health tip health tip yeah I have been trying something new actually this week in addition to my bean protocol and my food combining what I'm doing right now actually is just trying a bunch of different things that feel intuitively the most aligned for me and so first of all creating my own little package before you even go into that I just want to let like just pretty mental family we want to approach this mental health conversation from as holistic a perspective as possible. And in so many ways, the nutritional um, element of mental health has been left out of this dialogue. And it is it plays such a crucial role. Um, so hopefully in listening to Valentina, you can get some inspiration for getting more curious about how nutrition affects your own mental health. But do continue. It really does. You know, before I came over here, I spoke on the phone with our brother, Sebastian, for like an hour. And obviously, <laughs> he's like, Valentina, I have a new sleep hack that I found. I'm going to send you the protocol. Get ready. Like, <laughs> us, to- the same. us together, we, sh- we should just open up a little wellness shop. So we were talking about how it's just our bodies right now are more sensitive, right? the the sinisteras as a whole (laughs) so we tend to experience consequences right away whereas the majority of the world or a lot of people in the world they experience it maybe around like four like right now it might be like a little numbing sensation and or maybe they're just bugged by something but they don't really look that deep into it because it's not impeding in their lives and maybe around like 40 50 that's when it really starts to show So I always, okay, I get, I was trying to, okay. I always like joke with my friends who are like, man, like, why are you even doing this? I'm like, eventually everyone's going to have to do this. Everyone. And it's not some like, I have to like stay healthy. You actually start feeling better. You You do. You do. You feel more grounded. You feel more 
present. You feel less brain fog. And a lot of people don't even know that they don't feel good right now because that's just their normal, you know? So anyway, we were talking and celery juice, that's what I'm doing right now. If anyone's ever heard of the medical medium, he is this like crazy cool guy who is has never been gone to school for this but since four years old he had what he calls the spirit of compassion come and talk to him and the spirit of compassion would tell him you need to go wake your grandma up right now because she's got a brain tumor and she if she doesn't get it checked on like this week it could be um fatal and so and he said that it wouldn't even sound like a little like in his mind he would hear it like a actual literal voice that's incredible and so he would i'm so jealous of people i know i know so then he went to his grandma she went to the doc they found out it was true she had a tumor and then that just it sped up for him sped up for him and he would get these pings as he was walking down the street and had he had to tell people like they would the spirit of compassion would tell him like that lady over there needs to get this checked out. This, that guy over there is on the wrong medication. And it was just over and over in his mind. And he was like 13 years old, whatever, the young kid. And he, and he said it would get so deafening that he would have to do it or else the spirit of compassion would not stop like yelling at him basically. So he's dedicated his entire life. He's had to, he said he's had no other option to just writing out all of the information that is coming to him and putting it in books and he's healed people like crazy around the world and he's got these like textbook size medical books that he's come up with my goodness that are entirely based in like natural holistic healing and he's he always says in interviews he's like I'm not a smart person (laughs) I'm not like I'm actually kind of dumb sometimes (laughs) so it's not like this isn't me this is literally just I was sent down to this earth and I have this connection with the spirit of compassion because the current medical system is failing us all. And I, I have been given no other choice than to, help, than to help people. And he even like fills up libraries with his books on his own time. He is just here to help everyone. So with that, I want to meet him one day and I would, oh, let's just manifest having him on this podcast. That, that would, would be, be awesome. amazing. But he, he really praises celery juice. He was the one who started that whole fad. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And he says, if you have it every day, 16 ounces on an empty stomach, that the property, the healing properties are just so beneficial. Everything from like skin conditions to, and you guys know, obviously this is a, a big reason why I'm like on this whole journey. The breakouts. The breakouts to just a, a whole host of, a whole host of things. So and I actually have noticed a difference since cellar juice, not, since cellar juice and not in my skin, but I've noticed it in my levels through the day are very, like my sugar levels are very balanced. Mm-hmm. I don't feel any like dips or I feel pretty stable, like less cravings, less hunger, actually. Um, you just feel mentally stable. Yeah, it's yeah. So I plan to do it for a month and just see what happens. I'll let y'all know. Yeah. I was on a run the other day and I it just came I was thinking about how stability stability over everything. Because we have a tendency in as humans to want to go to extremes. And every time that we go after those highs, there's always gonna be a low. 
And so it's always like if, if we go after that life, whether it be in nutrition or whatever it is, um, it's it, you're constantly kind of like trying to catch up with yourself. But if you're able to like find a point of stability and, and prioritize staying there, you're able to maximize how far along you go much faster. What are you trying to say? The stability is important. <laughs> like be healthy? Yeah, just be healthy. I mean, the fact that the celery juice is making you feel stable Got to it, me, yeah. that's just like, that's the goal right there. I just want to just, you know, for so long, we there all these fads would come out that were like, do not eat, car-, that would like tell you you couldn't have specific foods. Like, do not eat carbs, do not eat fats, do not eat whatever and then like later on now we're finding out that our brain actually is fed primarily with fats healthy Mm -hmm. fats absolutely and carbs are not a bad thing and it's we just need to gain new education Mm -hmm. it's about balance too again and notice what your body responds to yeah sometimes it does take doing a little bit of like a cleaner diet for a while to come to terms with what your body is responding to because if you've been drinking energy drinks for the past five years and t- taking sugar you don't even know what it feels like to not be supplementing your body with those types of things and they do cause anxiety and depression a hundred percent yeah sugar especially y'all know I'm like a no-go on sugar and I'm really actually couldn't believe it I went to the mountains this weekend and I had some plantain chips. And in the end, I was like, well, let me actually look at the ingredients in this. Is there sugar? Yeah. In, in those plantain chips? Yeah. In, in the Trader Joe's, like jerk, jerk seasoning plantain. There's sugar in it. There's <laughs> I sugar, love those. There's sugar in everything. Like, what is the point of like, why do we need so much sugar in everything? Because we get addicted to it. Because it makes it taste good to us. So we want more of it. Because capitalism. Listen, I just put honey on my bread every morning and, uh, you know, sugar here and there. But yeah, try to keep a balance about it. Yeah. So that's the nutritional um, insight for the week. A celery yeah. juice. Celery juice. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yes. What ended up happening with the bean diet? I'm still on it. OK. I'm taking little bits and pieces of everything that I'm doing and forming my own protocol okay cool keep us posted yeah i will so now let's dive into the real the juicy juicy stuff (laughs) (laughs) so a few days ago i was walking and i had this little just thought in my mind like a ping that came through i listened to what's her name lacey phillips way too much because i'm taking her vernacular if y'all listen to her, she says ping all the time, but it just makes the most sense. So a ping mm-hmm. came through my mind and it was, it told me that I am ready to do magic mushroom psilocybin again. And for a really long time, actually, I did not really want to do anything a really long time a year. I didn't want to do anything because I, I, I don't really feel the need to, I'm not really searching for anything. And even when that thought came through, I'm not really searching for anything right now. I feel good. Um, But it just came through and really strongly. So I said, okay, let's do it. So KJ, 
and I went to the mountains and we took psilocybin. And it was so interesting. Yeah. Because. So it's been a year since it's been the a first year. time that she did it. Yeah. More um, than a year. Okay. Yeah. And so it continue. Sorry. And it was really wild because it didn't even hit me like that. Like I didn't. I felt very I felt an extension of how I've already been feeling these past few weeks in a very stable, still centered place. Just present. Yeah. And before I even did it, I actually went I automatic wrote and because I always I got anxious beforehand. You always do because you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Just so you guys know, we are and I think we've made this clear in past podcasts, but we come from the perspective of being proponents of psychedelics being used as medicine more so than recreationally because there's so much power there um and I'm not saying everybody go do it but I'm saying like if you ever hear us talking about it we're approaching it from a therapeutic perspective it's not a recreational thing for us and I would also say do take some time and do some research because the fact that I feel we're so comfortable talking about western or like diagnosing people and handing out pills left and right that have little you know at the end of those commercials like this might cause your eyeballs to like come out your butt like literally what (laughs) you saw that (laughs) no but that's literally what they say they're like this you could like bleed (laughs) yeah it's some you could have like a like just all of these side effects yeah and then when you do any research on these psychedelic medicines it's not like that yeah you know so anyway I before I did it I automatic wrote and in it I was anxious and I asked myself like why am I so anxious and the messages that were coming to me were like I know we know you're anxious right now um but don't don't worry this is actually supposed to be a very light trip for you this is supposed to be a very joyous very still calming trip for you and that's literally exactly what I what what it was I took it. I did feel a little bit nauseous as it usually happens. Did some laughing. And then I was just there. I was just chilling. Like, and I, for a second, you guys, this is going to sound just crazy, but I literally have the thought that what is his name? What is um, Eckhart Tolle? Ram Dass's guru's name? Oh, um, I don't, those names are so hard. Siri Rama Maharshi. What? Oh my God. Now we have to look it up. You killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Ram Das Guru. Ram Das Guru is Maharaji. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know. Get out of here. Gotta go find that other guru that Ma- I just mentioned. <laughs> Maharaji. Oh, wow. Ram Das's birthday is the day before mine. He's an Aries. Yeah. That's fire. Um, so you Maharaji. Had a, you had a... So Maharaji actually, they Ram Dass gave him way back when gave him LSD. I don't know if it was Ram Dass that gave it to him. Who was, was it? it? It might have been the Beatles. No, it was somebody. Ram, it was, was Ram it? Dass. Yeah, it was Ram Dass. The Ram Ram Dass. Maybe a lot of people just had to like see this for, <laughs> for themselves. So everyone just started feeding him LSD. But they gave him LSD, and he literally like he. he nothing happened so then he took another one and another one and another one and everyone was like why what is happening he's not even like flinching and he kept asking them like i don't understand what is this supposed to do 
and what they realized was like, oh, he was already li- living there. He was already in such a, a space of openness and, and presence and presence that it didn't do anything. So as I was sitting there in the mountains, staring at the trees, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> am, am I enlightened? <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Little did they know who was walking amongst them. <laughs> Wait till Paula finds out. Literally, I was like, I gotta tell Paula. <laughs> she has a, a guru in her I'm own. I'd be so mad. Her own family. <laughs> With like how bad I wanted to be enlightened in my early twenties, and then you just pop out of nowhere enlightened. <laughs> oh, no, I'll be happy for you. I'll be happy for you. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I, you, I'm telling you, like I was just there and I I knew I was like I did feel something but it didn't feel like anything if that even makes sense I was just how I was this past weekend and the weekend before that it was it was actually really interesting that's amazing you know the only thing that was a little different was it's oh oh and as I was on it I would try to just induce maybe more emotions mm-hmm. and so I started even trying to think <laughs> of like the past and mm-hmm. wounds and my mind was like you don't need to go there you don't need to go there this is like we're good you're good you don't need to go there that's amazing so well actually let and me not jump to my this, question so yet. this is the last thing that I'll say um and then I was staring at KJ and I was just w- looking at his body and not in like a sexual way but I was just staring at his body and I was thinking oh my god I am so appreciative of your body and I was looking at his veins on his legs and his hair and his nails and I was like I can't you know I in order to appreciate you I have to appreciate the body that got you here your body is what took you in all of your battles and all of your traumas and highs and lows and everything like your body is this warrior so it I was staring at his body just like wow that's beautiful that's that reminds me of when I when I did my psilocybin um trip I remember having such deep compassion for my body Mm. one point like I almost just like wanted to like hug it like oh my god that's beautiful wow Mm mm-hmm so what were you going to ask me? So what do you, do you feel like there was lessons? Was there a teaching that came out of it? I've been journaling a lot, doing my automatic writing for the past few weeks. And the main lesson that comes through every single time is just surrender to the surrender. Surrender to the trust. Surrender to the flow of life. Because when we start believing that we have control over anything, you start you block the life that's trying to happen. You block the life force. And so it was just an affirmation of that. It was just a continuation of that. I was just so surrendered that it was just I kept being surrendered. That's amazing. Yeah. So now for like the therapeutic um, integration part of it. I, I, I debated when Valentina and I were thinking like, are we going to talk about her trip on the podcast? And I was like, oh, I don't know if we need to bring that up. But then what I'm realizing is that a ton of people are doing psychedelics right now. 
because I think it's because we're in quarantine. I don't know. There's just I'm just hearing it through the birdies like a lot of people are doing it. So I was like, okay, no, it's important for us to talk about it because and not even just right now in quarantine, like people are doing this everywhere. All no everywhere yeah all the time yeah so and but there's I think, not enough education out there yeah exactly I think that right now I'm noticing that people that don't usually do it or people that um have never done it like this is prime time for people are getting curious because they're just at home all day or they want some diversity they want something um so I if we felt that it was important to talk to you guys about it because if you are going to do it, like not to say go do it, but just if you are going to do it, we would like for people to know that like these things are very, very powerful. And so there's a ton of healing potential there. For Valentina, it was lighter this time because she's already did it a year ago and that was a very deep experience for her. And then she's done ayahuasca since then. So she's already released a ton. Um, but and it, I also feel like I live in a, in a state of just continual exp- exploration. Exactly. And you've done a ton of your own therapeutic work. And so it was all, it was just, it was, easy. An, it it was, was an extension. It was an extension of it. It but was like drinking water. Y'all, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so Almost. these, these things can be done therapeutically or they can be done recreationally. I'm always encouraged. I'm always going to encourage you guys if you can, to lean into the therapeutic um, benefits of it and approach towards it because there is just so much power there. And with something that is that powerful because psychedelics can essentially, they essentially reset our brain. They interrupt, what we're starting to understand is that they interrupt the default mode network of our brain, which is basically just saying how your brain usually moves like the the usual pathways that your thoughts travel through the the set ways that your brain is used to functioning it gets interrupted when you do psychedelics uh pretty significantly that's why there's so much of an opening that takes place for new lessons and new understanding and for some people if they take a high enough dose they even experience uh an ego death which is means they lose their sense of self which can actually be really terrifying Um, if you're not ready for it or, but at the same time, it can be super therapeutic because a lot of times I don't actually usually always, it's that ego, that sense of self that keeps us attached to our old stories of pain and suffering. So having that be lessened creates an opening for seeing the world in a different way. However, this is what is often happens is that once you try it once and you have a good experience with it, you want to go do it again as soon as possible. And the integration part of the psychedelic experience, which is what comes after you do the trip, is actually even more important than the psychedelic experience itself. If you actually want to harness the power of these things and not just let it go by you by using it in a recreational way. And if you want to use it in a recreational way, I'm not here to like condemn that or anything. I'm just going to I'm just letting you guys know what the information is. So the integration part is just as it's more important than even like the trip itself, because these psilocybin, for example, these are plant teachers. They're here to show us something. They're here to show us how we can be more adapted to this world, how we can move more harmoniously with life. 
And that's really what people usually report when they come back from these experiences is, you know, I, I tapped into surrender. I opened up my heart. I realized that I need to, you know, call the people I care about. And the idea is to take these messages and to take these teachings and weave them into your conscious daily life so you can actually mold your brain, which is super open for new connections around these teachings. And that's how you really harness the therapeutic benefits of it. And in addition to that, I, I, I would say, which I left out, is before you go into the psychedelic trip, make sure that you have an intention in mind because that will really influence the direction that it takes you if you can have an intention and that you are in a setting that is safe. Usually out in nature is really helpful. And again, do your own research. Do your own research. Um, there's a website that I really trust online. They, they're very thorough with it. The Third Wave. We'll put it in the, in the links for you guys to look at if you're curious. And since, you know, we want to be realistic about the fact that people are doing psychedelics and not put our head in the sand about it. So if people are going to do it. Let's talk about how we can do it in a safe way. So anyways, you want to integrate those teachings into your life as much as possible. So I would say like you're going to a lot of people feel the impulse to immediately go and start doing it again. But I would highly encourage you guys to not do that. Because you kind of you cut yourself short of that integration process and the benefits of actually like weaving these teachings into your life so that you can become a more empowered version of yourself. And so that integration process, you should really give yourself two to four weeks at the very least two weeks, two to four weeks between when you do it and then you do it again. Um, so that you're not just constantly rushing back. It starts to dilute the power of those teachings. Alan Watts actually was a big proponent of this. He's a philosopher that we have um, talked about on the podcast before, and a lot of people in the 70s, uh, he was a big part of that first wave of psychedelic conversation and research. And he used to say, like, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Mm. Yeah. When you get the message, hang up the phone. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, can we stop the podcast so I can take that in really quick? That's, a, that's yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. You're not supposed to live in the psychedelic world, family. If you did, you would have been born there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. And you were saying that. Oftentimes people get so attached to the feeling of what it gives you that you end up taking it on a more frequent basis because you want to live in that world. Mm -hmm. and, and the more you go there, the less you want to be here. Yeah. That's just the truth. Yeah. And but why I, we're all here for a reason. Right. Like nobody, depending on your belief system, I don't know. Our spirit, many reasons we can come up with for why our spirits incarnated into these physical bodies. But at the end of the day, all we know is we're here for a reason. This yeah. is happening for some reason. Otherwise, we would have been born into a psychedelic world, into a high world, <laughs> into a leaf, into a drunk world, right? Like into a mushroom. And that's really where we're supposed to be spending our time. So really, these are just teachers. Yeah. The plants are teachers. Yeah. Take the lesson and weave it into how you can move through this world a little more effectively. Yeah. Especially with psilocybin. Like these are really intelligent organisms. They are, oh my goodness, 
they're like some of the oldest organisms if not yeah some of the oldest organisms on the planet so like they have been around and you feel that right you feel that when they like they're showing you like look you can this is a different way that you can try relating to life now go back to your human consciousness Mm. and weave this in Mm. you're not a mushroom (laughs) (laughs) what i what i feel like is that they they nudge me at least the that first time that i did it that they were like hey they don't tell you anything that you don't at least this this is my perspective they don't tell you anything that you don't know they remind you of what you forgot they showed me i didn't realize how closed up my heart was yeah I did it so I didn't know how close up my heart was and like those psilocybin little beings I I felt it like when I took it I felt it like I felt the energy just rushing up my body and then just accumulating in my heart almost like an explosion I'm like oh my god what is happening (laughs) is this what love feels like (laughs) is this what love feels like And then the tears, it was like it released all the energy and I felt it moving up my throat and then the tears came down Mm. and the laughter came down, but it was like a release. (laughs) I remember when you and me did it together the first time, (laughs) we were crying and laughing and crying and laughing so much that drool came out of our mouth (laughs) because we couldn't close our mouth. I think it's just because we know each other so well that like being in that state together just yeah. created the biggest fit of giggles. It was really yeah. But then we would cry. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. That was your first time doing it. I've only yeah. done it twice. So Same. now we've both only done it twice. Yeah. Again, we like it from the therapeutic dose. So it's like we're not gonna be doing this once a month, once a week. Maybe once a year. I mean, people that. do uh, microdose. That's a big thing. And I actually have a friend who she lives out in L.A. and she was severely depressed. And her dad is a doctor and nothing was helping her. And he actually he actually learned about it. And he and, said, we're going to try and this. And he was like, we're going to try it. And she's great. Yeah. She's no, my- here on Earth. Like it, that's when you microdose it. it you're. I think this is what, you know, I haven't done that much research on it, but you do stay here on earth and it it helps. You do. Yeah, yeah. you do. Microdosing is you do it once every three days. So you don't even take it every day and it's a very minimal dose. Mm. So again, you're using it therapeutically. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do the, the bigger trips, that's when you want to really extend the time out because that's when the big stuff happens that you actually need to integrate. Yeah. The little ones. Um, yeah. You do it once every three days. Very low dose. Again, if you're curious about it, there's a ton of places that you can research online. We're just going to say, like, if you're going to do it, reap the therapeutic benefits. Our world needs some healing. Yeah. So allow it to heal you. Yeah. Yeah. But also be cautious. Mm-hmm. because if you do it too much too often it can become very disorienting for you that's what happened to me like the second time I did it it was too soon prior to my first one and I essentially kind of traumatized myself yeah maybe you should talk a little bit about that and give some just let people know like this is like know what you're doing and don't make any serious life decisions <laughs> yeah. after you do it don't make any serious life decisions. So I actually 
got into agreed to get in like i got into a relationship i agreed <laughs> i to agreed. do it i somehow fine agreed. i said yes <laughs> agreed <laughs> to get into a relationship like the day after when i'm like fully open all my neurons are prime for a connection and then listen after this and to me that's a big life decision of course yeah getting into you're a relationship sharing your life absolutely you're, you're opening your heart <laughs> and if you guys listen to our a health our journey to healthy relationships podcasts you know that i like made a lifestyle out of like this anxious avoidant attachment style where i wouldn't let people get too close to me yeah not there anymore thank goodness but i wasn't fully out of it so it took a lot point. for you yeah, so, well, then the mushroom was just like, you, everything is love. And I'm like, yeah, we can make life decisions now. Listen, after you do psychedelics, don't make, and this is something that they've talked about in the research, do not make any serious life decisions within, like, for, like, the next 30 days, honestly, because it's just, you need to let yourself integrate. And if you don't, that's how you traumatize yourself. So, yeah. like, be gentle. Um, I hadn't read that. I agreed to be in a relationship. And then really soon after, I was like, what have I done? Like, I panicked. The energy just wasn't right. And I was in such a vulnerable place that, like, my mind freaked out. He was not the right person. Not the right person for me. And then you realized it. And then I realized it. I just didn't feel emotionally safe. Not because he was a bad person. He just wasn't the right person for me. I wasn't ready for it. I just, it was a life decision that I made without letting myself integrate. And it just kicked, ticked something off in my head. And I started getting panic attacks for the first time in my life Mm. after that. And it honestly took like a year to fully recover from that. Yeah. I had to get back on a very low dose of antidepressants. My mom had to hold you like a baby every day. (laughs) My mom (laughs) had to hold me like a baby every single day. And eventually I came out of it. But... You know, if you don't have respect for what these plants can do, they will teach you respect, right? So, like, we'll just say, like, let yourself integrate, take it slow, be gentle. There's a lot of potential power for healing there. But when something is that powerful for healing, if you're not cautious with it, it can also be, like, have negative consequences, like what I just told you happened to me. Don't make any serious life decisions and let yourself integrate. That is just as important you you want to make sure your life is kind of stable for the next month actually after you do them so that makes sense just things to keep in mind things to keep in mind so transitioning wow I didn't even intend for us to talk that long about it but I'm happy we did I feel like the stuff needs to get out there yeah I was wondering when I was going to talk to you guys about my experiences with the psilocybin we're doing it here it is so hope it helps yeah, and if you guys have any other questions too, feel free to, I mean, we're not experts by any means, but we're happy to talk about those in future podcasts as well, because we want this to be such an open, open, safe space, and everyone should know what options and what op- healing options are out there. Yeah. You don't have to just stick you, to yeah. these pills that are going to make your eyeballs fall out of your head. <laughs> I'm de- for real. And then do your research. I will say, though, like after that experience, my little low dose of antidepressants saved me. So like, okay, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to like demonize the whole pharmaceutical industry. Like there has been like antidepressants have saved me 
at different points in my life and they have their place very much so yeah like just no just yeah. do, do talk to your doctor do research on both yeah talk to your doctors do research on both and again we're just here to show you what people are doing that's it and by people we mean us <laughs> so <laughs> transitioning we wanted to talk about last week um was it last week or this week this past week just generally we and then also <laughs> nobody knows what date is anymore <laughs> i'm sure you guys can identify with that there's been this like feeling in the collective of for this is i'm gonna my how i've been feeling i ha i don't know how i've been feeling i've been feeling something like like i feel still and i do feel calm but i feel just like something is off as well you know that meme with that little kid that's like sitting on their parents' shoulders with like this poster board of, with a bunch of cray, uh, crayon scribbles all over it? No, but what and it, and it says like when you when you're feel when you're when you know you're feeling something but you just don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what's kind of been happening just for a minute now. That like something is in the air and we don't even know what it is and the same is happening for paula the same happened to he said kj said the same thing we have other friends who've been saying the same thing and then yesterday paul and i were talking and she was saying i think that the collective is going through a, a grief right now and obviously like we know like grief has been happening for a minute now yeah but it's also it's transitioning into something different as well you want to talk about it i just yeah i mean it's not like I, you guys can imagine or know that it's not totally far-fetched to say that the collective is going through a grieving process right now because our way of life it was ripped out from under us what we were used to for better or worse it changed overnight oh now i know what i was grieving i remembered <laughs> what were you grieving i remembered that i'm grieving um quarantine but we the talked about the loss of quarantine. I'm grieving. You, what's really been hitting me lately is that we are in these systems that tell us to make a ton of money in order to live the lives that we want. But in reality, and this is what KJ and actually KJ and I were talking about in the mountains. In reality, at the end, like all of this and accumulation and striving, like it's all going to come back to us wanting to be with our families and with our community. Yeah, that's what's going to really make us happy. We're born and I wrote a blog post about this, that we're born wanting to be with our community and we die wanting to be with our community. So in the middle, it's like we really have just bought into these societal systems that tell us that keep working, 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 working and like strive and hustle and win and get to number one and be somebody and be recognized and. I feel the world picking up again and it's making me kind of like scared and sad that we're going to go back to that because my heart is longing for this still world where I can just, we can just be a more community based love based society that doesn't put so much pressure and so much focused on production and consuming and puts more of a focus on healing and loving ourselves and loving our and helping our community i don't think that the consumer production approach to life is just going to go away because it's just it's just not going to 
but I'm hoping that we start moving towards more of a middle ground. Yeah. You know, like I, that's something that's been coming up for me a lot is the middle way. Cause when I was in my early twenties, I definitely went through that phase of like, Oh, the system sucks. I don't want to be a part of it. And then I went to grad school and, and worked really hard and, and all of that. But if we can, we just, as human beings, we have a tendency to go to extreme in whatever we do. And, like, we're not going to turn around now and become hunter-gatherers. That's already passed. I'm so dreaming about it, though. <laughs> like, for real, for real. I'll learn how to forage. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Valentina coming at you live from nowhere because she won't even have a microphone, actually. <laughs> I just want to find a, yeah, like a middle we need a, ground. We need a middle ground. I believe in the middle path. Yeah. I do believe in the middle path. I believe that there's a wisdom to finding that center point. Like, what's it going to take for us to move towards there within ourselves, in the way that we relate, in the way that we relate to work? Like, maybe just throwing out all of what you've built in your work up until this point out the window. Uh, that's reactionary. Again, that's another extreme. But then, like, just going fully, fully into it again um, and, and forgetting the stillness that maybe quarantine showed you, that's, that's going back to another extreme. So can we start by inviting a little bit of a balance, a more of a balance in? I think that's, that's definitely where I hope that we are able to open up our minds to because at the end of the day, extremes can only last so long. You know, can we find some kind of middle ground? Yeah. But anyways, the grief, I, I experienced a few waves of grief coming through me this week. And I was super, I, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm feeling. <laughs> what, is, what is this? Right. I'm like, what, what emotion do you call this? I'm not even sure. Um, I'm like, this must, it's, it's grief, I guess, you know? Although I love the stillness and I love um, the stillness. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me? Still, though, there's parts of life that I it's it's still a very abrupt change. Even if we we love what's happening. Change is stressful for people, for humans. It is even if it's a positive change, it still creates it induces a state of stress in your body because now you have to find a new equilibrium, a new point of balance. You have to, even if it's, we know this, like even positive changes create stress. Moving creates stress. Um, getting married, even if you're super excited about it, that creates stress. Getting a promotion that you're super excited about still creates stress. It's changes because every time that stress is like when forces are pushing upon you and you have to kind of like expand to settle into them. Right. When things just change. And if we experience in transitions are a huge cause of stress for people, because, again, you have to find your new balance. You have to find your new medium. It's completely normal, even if it's something that you wanted. And this is like a major change. So even for me, even like going into a store and seeing everybody with masks on, I think it, it affects me more than I realize that it does. Again, I love the stillness, but it's also weird to see the world changing around you so dramatically. 
and we're constantly asking ourselves now like is this the new normal uh, you know every because again we want to find a point that we can anchor to so we can start to find our balance again yeah right now we're kind of we're in a kind of limbo and that that induces a kind of state of grief too we don't know if like this could go back to normal yeah. next week yeah it's, or if it's gonna last exactly it's like do i adjust to this slow pace is in just fully settle into it and then the moment i start to kind of allow myself to settle into it i'm like but wait like what if it what if it's about to change should i get myself ready for things moving faster and then it's like but what if things don't go back to moving faster so should i settle into this and this is me talking with like a ton of meditation experience under my belt a ton of mental health information under my belt so i can only imagine what the collective is going through that like mental health was not their primary conversation you know that society moves because everybody has completely different types of careers so now dealing with like so much confusion and if I even feel it a little bit I'm like oh my god we need to talk about this we got to help each other through this one what what do you like recommend I mean I feel like that's the same thing right Mm -hmm. we always say when we're going through any kind of transition or any kind of change just bring in loads of compassion for yourself and understand that that yeah and you know something magical happens when you like name just name what is happening yeah and you have to understand that like chances are a lot of chances are (laughs) that if you're experiencing if you're experiencing a lot of mood swings emotions that you can't name you're going through a sort through a grieving process essentially so is grief because there's so many stages to grief is grief just like the umbrella of emotions i'm starting to wonder no because you go through denial and then sadness and then acceptance and then yeah like all of them grief is just like i guess you would say it's it's a disorienting yeah experience it is. It's not like it's like, yeah, maybe it is all of them, except That's, it's just it's a disorienting experience. So you don't know what to cling on to. You don't know where to find your balance. You want to accept, but then you don't know if you can. So then like sometimes you're angry and then you get depressed and then you accept it. And then before you know it, you're angry again. It's like your organism, your human biological spacesuit doesn't know what to do with what has happened and that's grief grief is your emotions just coming in waves unexpectedly in a way that you can't really explain and the only way to move through it is literally just to move through it and it's super important to be able to name it because unless you do you'll start judging yourself You'll start thinking like, I am I I'm losing it. <laughs> what is happening? Or um, just I mean, for a second there, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just did, I felt something. Yeah, am but I it wasn't myself? any one thing. And I didn't I personally didn't feel like I was losing myself. I just felt like uh, like <laughs> there's something in the air and I am picking up on it. Yeah. So I, I would say because we are all energetically connected we just are 
if there's a lot of people grieving, chances are that even if you didn't think that you would be grieving right now, chances are that there's like bits of that emotional experience that are seeping into you as well. Yeah. And not everyone, obviously, but not everyone. But if it's happening, just know that like that you might be experiencing grief and you might not. But again, we're just here to normalize the full range of human emotions. And if you're experiencing waves of emotions coming through unexpectedly unsettling, the closest understanding that we have of that is just grief. Yeah. And what's coming up for me as you're talking is is TJ's definition of mental health. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, I, we freaking love you, TJ. Yeah. I love TJ. Go back and listen to that episode um, with, I forget what it's called, but you are your greatest teacher with TJ Mangrum. Yeah. But her definition of mental health was just take the very next step. And that to me is just so, so healing because you don't, you know, when earlier you said we just, the only way to get through it is to get through it. It's like none of this, it doesn't require force. It doesn't require like crazy stamina. It just requires just take the next step. Yeah, and you don't have to make these emotions go away right away. Like, that's super important, too. Because if you feel, like, these unsettling waves of emotion coming through and you start fighting with them, then you're going to get hooked. And then you're going to, like, start suffering. So just notice it. Like, okay, this if, if what you're experiencing is similar to what we just described, like, you might be experiencing grief. And see what it's like to write it out. Yeah, and in a way, it can be a form of meditation, moving meditation during this time. Because as we said in our last podcast, energy surfing, we are at a point now when we feel these things, they don't exactly attack us how they used to, or they don't hold us down. We kind of just realize, oh, I am feeling this kind of way. And that's interesting. And I'm, I'm going to sit here in the seat of the observer and and watch as it flows because it will always flow. It mm-hmm. will always flow. This is not a permanent state. Yeah, it does flow. And the... And trust. And trust. And trust. And, and go back to the messages that keep coming through for me. And and they're coming through for me probably extra hard right now. I mean, always they're going to make sense for life. But extra hard right now that they're they're just telling me surrender like we've got this we by the universe guides whatever you guys believe but we've got this we have always been here we have always been here and everything has always flown everything has always gone as it should and with every wait what do you mean we my guides oh okay you're talking about your my guides yeah Yeah. so when i say We, I equate that to my, my spirit guides, my, the universe. Yeah. Um, that's your, yeah. That's what I believe in. So, and that's what always comes out when I, when I do my automatic writing is they literally say like, we are here and we have been here and we will always be here and you are never going to be alone. You are not alone and you are also not the controller of this. So let go. This is the perfect time to practice mindfulness. Yeah, that is really what we have to anchor ourselves to might be the one thing that we can anchor ourselves to. It's just literally the present moment. I was listening to Oprah talk to Eckhart Tolle last night. They did a recent thing and she was talking about how like 
the only thing that is getting her through this because she's got some underlying uh, conditions or things that can make her vulnerable so she she can freak out if she mm. starts watching the news. So she's like, the only thing that is getting me through this is what I learned from you, Eckhart. That's what she said. So literally, like, when I'm washing my hands, I'm washing my hands. When I'm going down the stairs, I'm going down the stairs. I'm just fully present with this moment. So as much as we can allow ourselves to come back into this moment, that's where we're going to find our the highest point of our resilience. Um because as long as we like give our mind free reign to go project into the future of what's going to happen, we're going to get disoriented all over again. So right now we can't really anchor or orient ourselves to any new normal because we have no idea what that is, but we can't orient and anchor ourselves to the present moment. So like that's still here for us. Yeah. Our breath is still here for us. And that's the thing that's going to be here for us always. Yeah. Life is a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to your breath. Come back to your breath. Yeah. And listen to Sarah Blondin. Actually, I'm just going to throw that in there. We love Sarah Blondin. Love Sarah Blondin. Her Shh. podcast is called Live Awake. And there's one particular episode that is, I think is really awesome right now. If you're experiencing grief or depression or even high levels of anxiety, we can, put and it, it's, we can link it there, but it's called like when, when you must endure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll link it, but Sarah Blondin is amazing. Hopefully we'll get her on the podcast. We will. We're manifesting ASAP. Her. ASAP. She's like my podcast mom. What do you mean? Like, I just feel like she's like a mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is. Like, when I put her on my ears, I'm like, oh, I'm loved. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking, I'm held. I'm I'm held. She's, her voice and her words are so crazy nurturing and wise. Wise. My goodness. And speaking of that, I am starting to record meditations for you guys. Yeah. So we're going to start dropping them. Um, I don't know when we're going to drop the first one, so just look out for it. Stay tuned. It'll pop out. But this is something that we're really excited about. I have so much fun recording them. And yeah, yeah. I think you guys will enjoy them. That's That'll be the newest offering. Mm-hmm. And tune in. Well, I guess this is going to come out after the Zoom session. What? Brenda's? <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not. The holding this is space. coming out Monday. Oh, tune in this Thursday for the Zoom session that we're doing. It's going to be on grief and depression. Yes. For the holding space one. So tune in this Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. The link will be in our bio. Yes. Okay. And with that. Oh, also, last note before we go, we recorded a podcast with Brenda, who was previously our guest. Uh, Brenda God for, of God is Gray. A powerful, powerful podcast about, I mean, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah re- I mean, just, religious trauma and mental health and and just anxiety. uniting uniting the mental health and religion, uh, religious trauma recovery conversations together. Yeah. Essentially. Cool. So we'll, we'll let you guys know when that drops. Um, we'll promote it on our Instagram. Yeah. And with that, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have someone that you think would benefit from listening to any of our episodes of this episode or anyone that made an impact for you, this is a conversation that we want to invite everyone to. And we want to spread this 
resource as far and wide as we possibly can because healing is a collective effort. So send it to them. Yeah. Until we all heal, none of us heal. We got to, so. we move through this together, guys. Yeah. So we, we love, love you. you. <laughs> Be kind to yourselves. Bye. Bye.